0: be aware. All I'm saying, you never know what someone's going through. Just because they look happy doesn't make it true. Hopefully this podcast will help you see you are not alone, you at least got me. We are more alike than you may know, but if we stay quiet, we will never grow. Don't so ever give up because you got this. If you quit, think of all the opportunities that you could miss. never know what someone's going through. Just because they look happy doesn't make it true. Hopefully this podcast will help you see you are not alone. You have least got me. We are more alike than you may know. But if we stay quiet, we will never grow. So never give up because you got this. If you quit, think of all the opportunities that you could miss. Hey everybody, and welcome to Authentic Points of View. I am your host, Danielle Boer, and I'm so excited to be here. My voice is hoarse, and I'll tell you why I sound like a teenage uh, puberty kid, is because I auditioned for the Great American Speak Off yesterday. Was the best time ever. Um, Yeah, I screamed, and I literally am gonna sound so crazy right now, but that's okay. Uh, I had the best time ever. And met a lot of people. And I'll talk about it another time. But I have an amazing guest. Uh, he is so awesome. He's from the future. Woo! The future. I bet you it's going to be great. Um, I can't wait to see into the future. Okay, so Simon Rinne is a social worker who is an advocate for men's mental health. He's the host of the podcast Mindful Men. Welcome, Simon. Woo! There goes That's my fun. voice. Hi, <laughs> like uh, Danielle. Mindful. How are you going? yeah
1: how you going Danielle it's really good to be here
0: I'm doing great thank you so much um bear with me I'm gonna sound like maybe I should be on your podcast like a like a (laughs) man like oh my gosh it's horrible yeah it sounds like either like Steve Urkel or like something like that but (laughs) it's all good um anyway so I'm so excited to talk to you so you know bear with me on my voice um but we're just gonna get get into it so what career did you quit when you started your business
1: yeah so thanks for thanks for having me again um coming on your show it's really great to talk to you and i'll try and talk more so you don't have to talk so much
0: (laughs) (laughs) i always talk Uh, so much though
1: (laughs) so I I guess the career that I had was like when I came out of out of high school and this is like in the late 90s I kind of ended up in a a generalist degree a bachelor of social science and then I come at the end of that and didn't really know what a social scientist did back then Um, and there was no such thing as Google or anything like that so we had to Try and figure out from newspapers like where where i can get jobs and 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 things like that and so i landed in the australian public service i became a public servant uh worked in a whole bunch of different cool jobs so i worked in sports anti-doping i worked in the australian border force worked in immigration policy and 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 even the last four years in disability but it never really lit me up so i was always kind of wondering Is this life is is there more to life should i be doing something different and about seven or so years ago i i started getting the itch for something new in in my brain basically and I, i wasn't climbing the corporate ladder and i was sick of work and and so i i landed on a master of social work and started that kind of journey and and i got really excited because it enabled me to dive into the mental health space and really get into this field because i've lived with mental illness since i was eight years old so i've lived with obsessive compulsive disorder and bouts of depression generalized anxiety and even burnout during the study period that i started with social work and and so to be able to work move into that field i got really excited about it because it was something that i was passionate about and it, not only from exploring what was happening with me and, and learning more about things like ocd but also to be able to help other guys particularly to open up about mental health because in my journey like I bottled it up for 20 years before I finally went and got a got help from a doctor and and subsequent diagnosis as well so I knew how hard it was to talk about men's mental health and mental health particularly but I also knew that you know recovery is possible because I've been on my own therapy journey over the last 10 years and I just wanted to kind of help other guys and so we finished the degree last year and, and then this year i had the opportunity to step away and, and start mindful men which is a dedicated mental health service um here in australia but also works in the disability space as well which i'm also passionate about so so yeah that's been the journey in a very quick <laughs> overview of the last <laughs> 15 years of my life
0: <laughs> wow if only i could sum up 15 years of my life in those couple of minutes Actually, yesterday to talk about myself, I'm selfish. Yesterday, I had to talk for, for one minute. That was like mm. my guess. my um. When we competed, it was like literally competing uh, for speech, like the best speaker, and we had one minute, and I talk a lot, so that was challenging. But you did a great job. You should have <laughs> flown over here and competed. <laughs> um
1: maybe i can send this video backwards back in time and 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 that's right we're in the future (laughs) i am in the future yes yeah
0: (laughs) Uh, so okay so i love that you brought up a lot of amazing important points um so it's so awesome that you're so strong and that you're like speaking for men because men have this Uh, stigma of like people of society give men the stigma of like you have to be strong you can't talk about feelings nothing's wrong with you just suck it up and it's not fair and it's wrong so you are amazing and what you're doing is amazing and we'll talk about that a little bit more in detail but also that you brought up OCD Um, so I um, I think it's so important that you speak about Actual mental health diagnosis and that the fact that you're taking care of yourself and you went and got help and got therapy, and you realize, like, hey, something's going on. Let me figure out what it is. Uh, so my, my brother, um, he had, uh, actually, that's what I talked about yesterday, sort of in a nutshell, not that, but my brother, um, actually had OCD so bad that, um, he he took his own life at 26 years old and um it was it was really hard to watch him go through that and so can you kind of talk about like the different types of OCD or what you kind of um what kind you have
1: yeah sure and I love to talk about this because OCD is often misunderstood and it's and it's often trivialized, like whenever we, we talk about OCD in a general community or even on, on social media or the TV or whatever, it's often joked as like someone who just likes things to be neat and orderly, or someone maybe who washes their hands a lot. Um, and it's, it's not any of those things really. I mean, yes, there is a version of OCD called contamination OCD, where someone will wash their hands, but they would wash them not because they like clean hands necessarily, but because there's an overwhelming fear of contamination and germs and things like that and they would wash their hands so much that it would be quite debilitating they couldn't even use their hands in some cases um but but for those who are new to OCD let me just define it quickly if that's okay so OCD stands for obsessive compulsive disorder and and it starts with an obsessive or intrusive thought that can be quite disturbing and and it creates a lot of anxiety and angst and and sometimes terror and fear as well and and so to alleviate that, you need to perform what's called a compulsion, which is the C in OCD or a behavior. And so by doing the behavior and compulsion, it alleviates the anxiety that's caused by the obsessive thought. And then you kind of get stuck in this pattern of doing it over and over and over again. And, and to be classified as a, as a disorder, you need to be doing this for over an hour a day. That's the, that's the, um, the criteria for how long of, of your day you're doing this. And it also needs to have, a, I guess, a substantial impact on your life as well. So, for for example, someone who likes their their desk neat and tidy, and, and then they say, "Oh, my OCD is killing me because my pens aren't in the right in the pen holder." Not OCD. That's something. It's just more around you like things to be neat and tidy, and that's fine as well. But it's when you think about someone who has OCD, someone like your brother, or someone like me, or, or something like that. You know, we're doing behave. We're having these thoughts behaviors that taking a long time out of our day and they can be quite debilitating I've heard of stories of people locking themselves in a room for four years because they couldn't face the world depending on whatever their obsessive thoughts were and compulsive acts were as well so so my entry started into this when I was about eight years old as well and and I didn't know what OCD was at the time and it wasn't until I was 28 that I got diagnosed so I didn't know about OCD until 28 years old and I'm 39 now so it's only 10 years ago roughly that that i have been on this recovery pathway but when I was eight I remember being in the schoolyard and a student said to me Simon if you stop talking for more than a minute you're going to lose your voice forever and so for most people in the world they would just disregard that and say oh that's silly I'm not going to pay any attention to that kind of comment it's just ridiculous but for me it implanted a seed of mental illness that I've lived with for, for three decades and and I really thought that that would be true and that would come true and so that became my obsessive thought i had a lot of fear about losing my voice and so to alleviate that distress and to check that my voice was still there i would perform i would hum which would be my behavior i would hum to myself very small like, mm, 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 type thing over and over and over again all day every day um because i was just so fearful of losing my voice and this lasted for about two years or so, but it developed into other other checking behaviours on a whole bunch of different ranges of, of things. So, for example, when I was in my teenage years, mum and dad separated and me and my youngest brother, so I'm one of four boys, my, me and my youngest brother went with mum. And I just had this overwhelming fear of safety and, and needing to be secure. And, and I felt like I needed to be that man of the house because, because dad wasn't there and my older brothers weren't there. so my checking behavior, my obsessive thoughts became centered around safety and security and i was i was really worried about people breaking into the house and stealing our stuff or hurting us when we were sleeping or even like some of the appliances in the house you know catching a light in the middle of the night and we'd burn down in our sleep and so i would that would be the obsessive thoughts and then i would do compulsive behaviors which was systematically checking the house from front door to front windows to back windows back doors gates the car was locked for whatever reason the stove was off the uh, the iron was off all this type of stuff there was nothing that was going to be around it to burn the house down and i would need to check it in certain order or touch things in certain ways and and this would take hours i would you know in, in my early teens i'd be up for hours and hours probably two to three hours each night doing this in some cases and so That really ramped up then and i had uh, more obsessive stuff and compulsive stuff with my bag at school so i'd I'd be obsessing about did i have my wallet and keys because if i lost those things these mythical people that were inside my head would get my address and i'd get my keys and then have they'd have a way into the house basically and so i'd be checking my bag all day every day and i'd check it so much that then i'd need to check it again because i was worried that this stuff would fall out of my bag through the process of checking And so that happened as well. And, and, and even when I got, you know, my license and it it turned into the car as well So making sure that the handbrake was on because I had this obsessive thought that the car would roll down a hill and kill a whole bunch of people in its wake or, or whatever. And. And and none of these things ever happen. But in an OCD mind and in a mental illness mind, we get lost in the thoughts, mm-hmm. and we can't get out of the thoughts. It's really hard to get out of the thoughts and see and be rational. Like we, we, it's quite irrational. And when you when you talk about it out loud, like me saying that I hummed for almost two years because I feared losing my voice, it sounds ridiculous when you say it out loud. But in my mind at the time, as an eight-year-old. It was very real, very you know distressing and traumatizing, and, and so forth. And so this is this is my version of OCD, and and you know I still live with it today at thirty nine, but it's not as bad as it used to be. Um, but certainly, I've heard of a lot of other stories, and and in talking to different therapists, like I've, I've been introduced to other versions of OCD just as part of the the education process. You know, so there's things like harm OCD where people they might have a knife in their hand and the kitchen cooking dinner quite a normal thing to do and then i'd get this obsessive thought about what if i accidentally stab someone or now that i'm thinking about stabbing someone does that mean i want to stab someone and and like if you've got like kids and and a wife or, or partner at home and this becomes quite distressing because you don't just because you're thinking about it doesn't mean you want to do it it's just, you can't get rid of the thought. So you start thinking about it more and more and more and more. And then, so you you developed behaviors. And it could be that if you have harm OCD with that knife situation, that you might start avoiding knives, for example, or you might, you know, throw all the knives out in the household because you just have this overwhelming fear of, of doing something like in a, in a split moment of subconsciousness. And so, you know, these, this is what OCD can be like to live with. And there's other people that have OCD around religion and spirituality. It could be, there's one around pedophilia as well, and and, and some really big topics and big stressful things. But the people that are experiencing them, them don't necessarily believe in any of this stuff. It's just, they get, they get lost. As I said before, they're lost in the thoughts. And so It's so distressing as well that OCD is what's called a silent condition or a silent disorder is that from first treatment, no, first symptom to first treatment, it takes someone on average about 15 years, roughly 13 to 15, 17 years to get help. And so they're living with this in silence or suffering in silence, often in silence, particularly men who traditionally haven't got an outlet to talk about this type of stuff because we were we were told when we were growing up and you know I grew up in the 80s and 90s and I'm sure it's the same for a lot of guys who are maybe even older than me that boys don't cry boys don't show emotion boys can't talk about this stuff because that means you're less than a man and so we bottled it up and then and if if our dads didn't talk about this stuff and we didn't feel comfortable going to them who else can we feel comfortable with maybe mum wasn't even aware of it and, and so it begins a cycle of trying to figure it out on your own. And, and for me, it was 20 years of, of masking it. So putting a mask on and, and on the outside, people would go, Oh yes, Simon's pretty easy going. He's happy go lucky. He's, he's a larrikin on the inside. I was completely different. I was hurting really bad, you know, I was depressed, anxious, didn't know what mental illness was because we didn't talk about it so I was trying to figure it out like am I weird if I talk about this am I going to get locked away or like trying to navigate all those feelings and and then it didn't get until when I was 28 when my, my now wife said Simon you've really got to go get some help because you're drinking too much and I was using alcohol to numb everything and slow things down um, and you're not showing up the way that I know you can show up in life and so it was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do is go into that GP's office and say, look, I think I've got mental health issues. And I nearly choked on the words as they came out, but it, <clears throat> it was also one of the most amazing things as well, because I was from there, I was able to get diagnosed, start learning about what OCD is particularly, and then ways to kind of, I guess, navigate living with OCD um, through different therapy processes as well. So it's was quite liberating process to get the diagnosis eventually.
0: Well, I'm proud of you. Uh, it takes a lot to, like I said, to do that. Um, really quick, my brother ironically would be uh you said you're 39. He would be 39 in two days if he was alive. So his birthday mm. um after when, uh, when this airs, his birthday would have passed, but November eighth was his birthday. And uh he was one year younger than me. I just turned 40 and he would have been 39. So that's really awesome that you said that. Um I believe in like energy and numbers and different things and stuff. and not that I don't believe in God, but I believe in a lot of stuff. and I think that's really cool and we're all connected, you know, for, and we all say stuff for a reason. So thank you for saying that. And also really quick, his was like rituals really bad. Um, when you talk about hands, his hands were purple because he watched hmm. he washed them so much. Um, and in the winter in Maryland, it was dangerous because his skin was so thin that he could get freeze, uh, what's it called? Freeze bite? Not freeze bite. What's it called?
1: Frostbite. frostbite.
0: Thank you. I don't know. What I'm talking about a freezer. Uh, frostbite really easily because his hands were so worn out. Um, so yeah, it's, it's very sad and thank goodness for your now wife because an mm-hmm. outside person making you aware of what's going on can be the biggest blessing ever and um it helps you change your mindset it helps you see that there's something going on so thank goodness for her that she loves you enough and could be honest with you and Mm -hmm. you know thank you for you that you were big enough a person to also not be defensive and be like, yeah, yeah, I see it. You know, let's let's check it out. So, and thankful also that you're helping so many men now because you actually stepped up and said, Yes, I think there is a problem. Um, not that mental illness I'm saying is a big problem, but what I'm saying is the obsessiveness that was holding you back, maybe from things. And hmm. you know, and the fear, like we have so much fear and i faced one of my fears yesterday public speaking is (laughs) disgusting i you sorry show it's going to be a show so i'm excited uh and um but you know that's the best thing we can do sometimes is face our fears and then we look back and we're like oh that wasn't that bad right so um, i'm so yeah i'm so proud of you and so your business is called mindful men and which is very clever and I love it. Um, so what is your favorite thing about your business so far?
1: I think being in business for one, like stepping away from that old career that didn't light me up. And and I found, I'm glad you brought up the mindful in mindful men because it came from my burnout story. So like, you know, since COVID came along, there's a lot of people experiencing things like burnout. And that again, for me was one of those things that I thought, Oh, that's just a bit of a cop-out thing that if you don't, you know, it's a workplace stress and you don't want to do your work. But when I experienced it, I was, I had to spend four months off of work. I was just spent physically, wow. mentally, emotionally. And I remember because like my OCD, it fuels perfectionism and I could, I could no longer hit that perfectionist bar that I set for myself in terms of standards. And so I found mindfulness through my therapy approach to burnout and and a ways of grounding myself and rediscovering joy and things like that and then from there i was able to to draw some of the, the cool things like using your five senses to to ground yourself and be present in the moment which is helpful for my kids because i've got two little kids and i'm often on a different planet <laughs>
0: and, <laughs> and
1: but also like you know working with the guys that i work with is being mindful of who we are and how we're showing up and not well. so it's challenging those social constructs of masculinity it's looking about the relationships at work and and at home and and with our kids as well, but also tuning into our values and our identity as well. These are all things that are mindfulness-based practices that we can put together and then kind of get guys to come out of autopilot mode and live the life that they've always dreamed of, but they kind of let go of and just turned into a bit of a groundhog day, go to work, come home, go to work, come home and all that type of stuff. So it's about shaking out that, that inner child from guys and, and, and going from there. It's, it's, it's a great thing. And that's what I love about, you know, being in business has been able to shape future directions for guys and, and help them to break out of their own boxes and, and live the life that they want to live.
0: So amazing. We cannot like succeed. I think, um, if we don't have the right mindset and if we're not mindful, like you said, right. So if we're not mindful of things that are holding us back, we're not going to get to our potential. We're going to let the fear stop us and in our tracks. Mm-hmm. And like you said, Groundhog Day, uh, not fun. <laughs> and that's what it is. And no offense, I love being a nurse, but that's how it is for me right now. It's like the joy is like sucked out because of money issues with the hospital. You know, everything's money-driven now and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And, and it's gotten to the point where it's like, oh, wow, I have to go there again. And I don't like that because I love Helping people but it's just The fact of like there's so many things Overwhelming it now it's not just about Helping people like it used to be it's all These other factors you know And so it, it's it's Like that and, and that's sad And so That's so awesome that you're Really like making a difference in Men's lives and I know your business is pretty New and so uh, Your podcast is also Called uh, Mindful Men which is Amazing so I know you help like and you're a father you talked about your two little mm. ones how did becoming a father uh change you change your mindset
1: yeah it's certainly i guess you, you go from that everything's about me to everything's not about me kind right. of essentially nothing's about you know,
0: me
1: anymore <laughs> nothing's about me anymore and so like i remember like when Gus my son Gus he's five and a half now but when he was first brand new born my wife had a an emergency c-section and and so she couldn't get out of bed for four or five days after and on the first night and I've never been around kids before and she has like she's had a big family with lots of kids and so she's been around babies but and I'm I remember standing there above Gus and trying to change his nappy for the first time and I've never changed a nappy in my life and I didn't know what i was doing and the nurse came in and 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 showed us what to, showed me what to do and rachel was in the background on the bed and and as soon as she the nurse left i forgot i completely forgot and i started crying i just it just the emotion overwhelmed me i'm like Aww. i should know this i'm this i'm this little boy's dad i've just been shown how to change a nappy but now i can't get it right and now i'm embarrassed because i'm gonna have to call the nurse back in because rachel can't get out of bed and show me how to do it because she knows how to do it and so it was one of those moments where I'm like, okay, I've just got to not suck it up to be a man, but suck it up because I need to get Gus some help because he needs this nappy change and I need to learn as well. So I se- essentially became mindful in that moment that to be a dad is to say, oh yeah, I need some help. It's okay. I don't know everything in the world. And, and, and so we got the nurse back in. The nurse was perfectly happy to show me again and show me again and show me again, show me again as many times as I needed it. yeah, And and so, and then when the second one came along, Pippa, I was doing that with my eyes closed. And so you learn so much as, you know, when the first one comes in, like, and, you, and, you know, about who you are. And a lot for me is around mental illness as well. So navigating mental illness as a dad as well, and trying not to project that on our kids and, yeah. and trying to sit with that. And that's a, that's a pro- process that I'm continually working on. Like even this morning, I was having an argument with Gus about a fruit roll up in the cupboard. And like, yeah, and and I wanted to do things certain ways because that's the OCD in my in my brain is I have to do things in a certain ways. And yeah, he likes to do things in his ways as well. So we we're butting heads in the kitchen yeah. at six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> um, but I think else at the same and afterwards we both felt terrible because he was upset, I was upset.
0: Oh, but then
1: we kind of, we kind of came back to it and said, okay. I said, Gus, I'm so sorry about that. Like, yeah, I I overstepped the mark. And he said, yeah, Dad, I I carried on a bit too much as well and and we kind of made up and i think it's those moments as well as like that that really make you reflect that go we don't need to be perfect we don't need to have all the answers and get it right all the time but as long as we can be compassionate towards each other and, and open those communication lines whether or not it's the communication line of a baby crying at me for the first day because i don't know how to change his nappy or when he's 5 and he's not getting the treat at six o'clock in the morning yeah. um you know there's there's ways to navigate everything and and just not beat ourselves up so much we try to be this perfect parent and but it's just not necessary to be a good parent you just need to be a present parent in in my view so it's t- it certainly changed me i think for the better um and it's challenges the ways i think and and interact with the world as well through my own mental illness it challenges it forces me to go So, I mean, this is not important in the way that your mind thinks it's important. Um, And then really trying to sit in that middle ground and find that middle ground a bit more frequently, which is really good for my mental health because it teaches me new tricks to manage the overwhelm and and the insecurities that I have within myself. So
0: So you are so strong. So you're using your skills that you learn at social working skills and uh, coaching, like you're you're coaching yourself, that mm. is takes such strength, I want you to know that Um, that I'm so proud that you can do that because that takes a lot, like that's hard to like step out of your own body kind of and be like, oh wait, no I, this is not being a good example or this is not going to solve anything I need to like kind of tone it back, that's really awesome that you can do that and just you saying that is going to help so many people because it's like, you know, that's something we need to do, but that doesn't mean that we can do it. You know, we can say 200 things we need to do, but yeah, for our kids, it's like, it, it, that's the best thing about having kids is that it does teach us... uh to kind of check ourselves, right? Because we're like, wait, I wouldn't want my kids to do that, or I don't want them to see, you know? And uh, I'm guilty of that. And I had kids at 18 and 20 and then 30, so um, this is a big difference. But, yeah, so when I look back, I'm like, ooh, maybe I didn't respond (laughs) correctly. (laughs) Whoopsie. But I just want to say this, and I know this is like TMI because you focus around men's stuff, but same thing with mothers. So... I want you to know that I already had two kids. And again, I had the other ones young. I had my third child. It was a girl. She is a girl. <laughs> She's still a girl. <laughs> so um, I could not. I know this is TMI. I could not breastfeed my other ones because it didn't come in. And I didn't know anything about it. My son lost two and a half pounds because I thought I was feeding him the correct way. And I wasn't. And then I would go to the doctor and... They sometimes would take me serious, but sometimes not because I was 18. And then with her, I did everything right and thought I was going to be able to do it. And I didn't know how to do it. And I had to keep getting help and getting help. And I was embarrassed because they're like, you already have kids. Why don't you know mm. this? Why isn't it working? Why don't you know what you're doing? And guess what? I cared about her, my baby so much that I didn't care at After, like, asking a couple times, even if they got snappy, I'm like, I want to feed my baby, so I don't care what you think, and it's good that the nurse was very, like, helpful and nice, but some of them cannot, you know, they're, they can be rude or snippy, and so, like, with me, it's like, they had this, like, thing, like... You should know, but oh, wow, well, listen, it's not working out. I want to feed my baby. Come help me, please. And I was nice about it. And then they started seeing how much I cared, and then everything was fine. But I want you to know it's the same thing for mothers. Like, and I already had kids. So don't mm. feel bad about that. It, it's, we, there's no manual for kids. There's no like, no. this is what you do step one, step two, step three, right? So I think that you are an amazing father. And I think that's so awesome. And Sorry, you're going to have a lot of those snack arguments. (laughs) 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 Because my oldest one is 21. So, yeah, been there, done that. Uh, You can't (laughs) eat ice cream, okay? It's six in the morning. No ice cream for you. I want ice cream. (laughs) No, it's not time, you know? Maybe after, like, 4 p.m., when you come home, get some ice cream, you know? So, yeah, that happens. It's so funny because it's, like, it's, like, both – Sexes go through the same thing Kinda not the same way We react to things different but yeah Mom and dad sometimes you know We're both going through the same thing So I think again it's amazing How much you're doing for um, Men and how How much you're doing for yourself How much you've grown over the last 10 years of knowing Mm. that You have OCD Be proud of yourself Simon because you're doing Amazing really I just wanted to tell you that um uh, thank you you are so welcome i know sometimes like we think like oh was this the right decision or you know is it going to work out or whatever but um you're you're going to be doing so swell so let me ask you this how is your um business going so far i know it's new uh so how how how's it going you're getting a lot of clients and all that stuff or
1: yeah it's going really well so starting to get clients in both from a private perspective but also through the disability um, avenues that I've got as well um, which is fantastic and and just yeah just getting at least one client is a good thing you know to get them mindful of their their own journey but now yeah we're starting to book up and and I think that just goes to show that there's a lot of guys out there that are looking for this kind of support and ready for this kind of support and it's just about having a service that's available because like when I was doing research for setting up the business there's not a, there's there's women specific ones there's mum specific you know therapy services there's children as well but not so much just for guys as well and I've often had the question like why just guys why is this just a, another show of patriarchy or masculinity in the world I'm like no it's just because guys need sometimes a guy to talk to about stuff you know yeah. um just like the mums do and just like the, the kids do like just because we're guys and, and there's this whole toxic masculinity stuff going around the last couple of years in the social media space and it's it's not an extension of that it's if a, if a, if a woman wants to come and, and work with me i'm happy to work with them as well like it's fine it's it's more around having the right fit for the for the support that you need as well right. because I mean connections really important I mean for years I would only see female therapists I really uh I was I felt it easier to talk to females but over the last few years I found two really cool guys to talk to as well so I like to mix it up and, and see different perspectives and I think that adds to the mindfulness approach you know not men don't know all the answers for men's culture you know sometimes we need to look at a female perspective but well, yeah. sometimes we need to look at maybe an Eastern perspective compared to a Western perspective as well, or we'll look at things more spiritually or mindfulness is often falls into that, that thing where people think it's a hippie thing, but it's actually, there is some evidence that it, it does work for guys and girls, and it's not hippie. It's just some simple tips that you can use um, to feel better about yourself and, and be mindful and stuff like that. So there's horses for courses different approaches that are going to suit you and, and and so forth but yeah it's, it's so to answer your question it's, it's going really well and I'm really excited for it and I'm excited to see where it goes in the future because um it's a space that's under underserved and, and, and it's a space that I'm really passionate about given my own journey so
0: yes I'm so excited and I'm so happy for you and I feel like people are uh goofballs um that say those kind of things because I think that's ridiculous. Men should have the same opportunities and the same, you know, things that, that women have. So if there's women groups, why wouldn't there be men groups? Mm. That doesn't mean you don't like women or you're saying, forget about all the women. It's that you guys deserve it as well. So I'm I'm happy. I, I think that's amazing. Uh, I'm glad that you give that opportunity to, for men to open up and talk about... Uh, real issues that you guys go through that you understand as a man that's going through it so i think that's Mm. beautiful um now really quick um so what advice would you give anyone that wants to quit their job and start a business or just follow their dreams
1: yeah i think i think there's there's two elements to this thing because i've come from two different pathways but i I like to come back to the following the dreams and it's something that i'm going to be teaching my kids as they go up in in their schooling and and so forth is is like i always wanted to work in mental health i just didn't know what it was at the time um and i i settled for a career that was safe it got me a good job with good money and all that but didn't light me up so um i think for my kids in particular and this is the same advice i'd give to anyone it's just like if you if you want to go and study more like to be a doctor as long as it lights you up, as long as that gets you out of bed, I don't care if you do that or I don't care if you become a visual artist or I don't care if you, you know, I, or I actually do care if you go join the armed forces because I don't really want my kids to be in danger. But, yeah, <laughs> you know, but you know, you just do what lights you up. And I'll, as long as you're happy, I'll be happy. And it's the same not just with careers but relationships, you know. Um, if they're, If they're in good relationships that are healthy and happy, then I'd be happy with that as well. Um, anything in their lives. And, and it's just, the same goes for adults. You know, you can get to a point like me where you're, you're in a career that you just don't vibe with anymore. You might've vibed with it when you first started, but not anymore. And, it's, instead it's, and I always say it's okay to change, like I did it, you know, as a mature age student. In fact, mature age study is really good because you actually know what you want in life when you're a bit older and you're there for a reason. Whereas some, a lot of us and myself included, when we go go from high school to university or or vocational care uh, training or whatever we might not know what we want so we kind of just breeze through it right without giving giving the effort so um yeah go try mature age study it can do wonders and and you'll you'll get some good results from it
0: too wow okay let me just um put myself in there because that's what i happen to do all the time really quick so yeah i didn't go to um nursing school until um well i didn't start the program until i was like 27 or 28 I graduated when um like 2 weeks or 10 days before 11 days before my 30th birthday and so There was people in class acting like idiots, throwing stuff. I'm like, is this high school? Like, what are you doing? Not taking it serious. There was people in my nursing program that failed because they were partying till 3 in the morning. Bro, four clinicals. So, you're right. I was passionate and I had to pass. I had no choice, right? So, and I talked about that in my one minute thing. Was that at 27 years old, I was a single mom working two jobs and going to college. So, and then unfortunately that's when my brother, um, I witnessed my brother commit suicide on the telephone. So, um, so yeah. So I almost quit college, but I'm glad that I didn't because I had that drive. Like I had to do it for my boys. So it's like, you know, if I was younger when that happened, I would have quit school a hundred percent. Because I was sad. It was it was very traumatic, you know? But um, but I had to I had to keep pushing for them. And so mature age uh schooling, that that's absolutely I know people that went to school at 50, 60 years old and they're doing amazing. So you you can do it. Don't ever give up, which is my thing I always say, don't ever give up because you got this. If you quit, think of all the opportunities that you could miss. 100 percent true. Just don't. Yeah. I don't care how old you are, you can start anything new. At whatever age, whatever you're passionate about, whatever your dream is, try it, do it. You can do it. Really quick, where can we find you? Because that's important.
1: Yeah. So um, the easiest place to find me is on my website. So it's okay. www.mindful-men.com.au, um, and that's got links to my services. So if you're after therapy in Australia, I can support you there. But it also links to my web to my the the podcast, the Mindful Men podcast, on my social media. I've just signed up to tiktok so i'm going to see how that goes (laughs) um hopefully it goes viral for the right reasons um and yeah so i do a lot of i do a lot of social media stuff around just talking about men's mental health stuff and men's culture and also a lot of the snips from the guests that i have on as well because and i I like to highlight that it's not just guys talking on this thing it's 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 women as too it's my my son was on it Uh um i like to get various perspectives because it certainly does help us become mindful of who we are when we tune into different world views about the similar issues as well so um yeah the website's the best place to, to find me
0: well that's amazing thank you so much for your message and for being mindful of your own uh ocd and mental health and helping other men and mindful men your business and i can't wait to see how far it goes thank you so much for talking to me simon you're amazing and you have a wonderful day in the future <laughs>
1: <laughs> thanks danielle i really enjoyed coming on and having a chat with you and thanks so much for holding space for me to talk about men's mental health
0: of course thank you for sharing talk to you again soon Bye. bye Wow. Okay. So, how amazing is Simon? He's so awesome. Please follow him at Mindful Men. Um, I went on his website. It's great. The fact that he's trying to help uh, people, other men, get through this and be a support system to them and the fact that he's gone through mental health issues and everything himself is really great because that's what we do. We have... Some things that we go through, some, uh, you know, trials and tribulations, different things. And then you just, you learn from them, you help other people. I think that's amazing. Um, So I, I'm so surprised I didn't cry. Um, I think I cried so much yesterday that that I got it out. Um, I am... Just gonna do my one minute just because uh, because I talked about it so um here we go. I actually said loss of it, but I'm gonna say it so I was 27 years old. I was a single mom of two boys working two jobs and going to college. One morning, I witnessed my brother commit suicide via telephone. I was heartbroken. Devastated and scared. I almost dropped out of college. But thankfully I didn't. And now I'm a nurse. Still a mom. Podcast host. Speaker. And much more. And I'm passionate about helping others speak about their authentic points of view. And focus on the things that they can control. Their reactions to things. The energy that they allow in and give out. And forgiving others and themselves. My message is don't ever give up because you got this. If you quit, think of all the opportunities that you could miss. All right. I'm Danielle Boer. That's how I ended it. So, all right. There's my one minute. I've got a lot of minutes. Apparently, I talk a lot. But um, I'm surprised I didn't cry then. See, I cried so much yesterday. <laughs> I didn't make it all the way um to, to the semifinals, but I learned so much. So in life, it's such a bonus to just learn and grow, right? And that's why we do things. I got very emotional and um and I was scared. So scared. It's so easy for me to talk to you right now because I can't see you looking at me. <laughs> Makes a difference. Um, there goes my voice again. Makes a difference, right? Um, it's different when somebody's staring at you, just like on stage with comedy. People are looking at you, and you're like, um, okay. So you know, these people were judging, judging me, but I'm so proud of myself. That's why I say, don't ever give up, right? Um, I'm actually. Writing the um I told you I'm becoming a co-author of this book and so I'm just literally also writing the pages for for the book and I just finished one of the pages and one of them I talked about the thing that where I say don't ever give up you got this right but um you know it's really like you learn and you grow and they ask one of the questions is what is the most courageous thing you've ever done and I think what I did yesterday auditioning for that um was one of the most courageous things I've ever done I've done a lot of things lately this year and in the last couple years that's very courageous to me um that you know if I would let fear stop me I would not know how far I could go that's why I say, don't ever give up right you got this um don't quit and um unless it's something that's holding you back or you're not passionate about like he said um there wasn't any light in it he didn't enjoy it well quit but follow your dreams don't quit your dreams you got this okay i don't care if you're 60 70 80 90 there's like a 90 year old that does gymnastics have you seen her she's amazing uh don't quit you got it keep fighting I heard the most amazing stories yesterday. I met the most amazing people yesterday. I saw Grant Cardone talk to us. What in the hoot, Nanny? Live, like, talking to us. What? Crazy. Crazy. Pete Vargas. Pat Quinn. All these amazing speakers. All these amazing people. All these people making differences. Making millions of dollars. Sometimes billions of dollars uh but like talking to us like it's so amazing it was one of the best experiences ever i am so grateful for the experience even though i didn't make it all the way um oh well i learned and grew i grew they taught us so much they taught us so much i'm telling you so 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 much and so that was an amazing experience. I am not bitter. I'm not sad. I cried. It sounds like I was because I said I cried. I cried because when I was telling uh, my one minute in my life story talking about my brother, when I saw the coach, because they have coaches there for free just, like, helping you before you go up and talk. And she reacted to my brother when I said my brother committed suicide. And I went to say over, you know, via telephone – She reacted. And then I reacted. And I cried hysterically. Like like that. Uh, That sounded like a ghost. but (laughs) So I cried. And then I did it again. And I didn't cry. Just like kind of what I did with you guys. And they were like no. You have to let your emotions go. And I'm like I don't know. A happy medium. So when I did it. um, My one minute. uh, For the judge. I really, like, got emotional. I was... I could feel it. And other people could feel it. And they came up to me afterwards and was like, I'm so proud of you. Thank you for sharing that. Wow. Da-da-da. Whatever. And when I told everyone, sometimes individually practicing and all this stuff, you know, it meant a lot that they were um, just encouraging. Everybody was so encouraging. We all encouraged each other. Like, it was like a contest, but not a contest. Because when the people got announced... That All of us that stayed were so happy for them. So, so happy. Because every every one of us can change lives, right? That's what it's about. Who cares who wins or loses or whatever? It's about what you're going to do with it, right? What are you going to do? Are you going to make an impact on the world? Do that, right? Change lives. Help people. That's what we can do, okay? So, I say this. If you are in Australia and you need someone to talk to and you have mental health issues or you just want to talk to a man hit simon up he is great okay mindful men watch his podcast maybe be a guest on his podcast i don't know um hit me up if you want to talk to me if you want to be on this show um almost over season 1's almost over guys oh my gosh we did it. I'm so excited. You don't understand how excited I am. I'm so excited. So season one is almost done. That rhymes. You know, I like to rhyme. Um. So yeah, I mean, look how far that we've come. I used to say um every five seconds. If you are a listener that started listening from episode one in June, you rock. I thank you so much. You mean so much to me. You are amazing. So thank you so much. Thank you for the support. Thank you for the love. I couldn't do this without you guys. Okay. So um alrighty. Email me at authentic points of view at And uh, on Facebook and Instagram, authentic points of view podcast. Okay. I have a YouTube and it's Authentic Points of View. TikTok is like Authentic Points 2 or something like that. Uh, just find me, okay? Danielle Boer. You can just look me up. There's probably not too many of us around. I don't know. I thank you so much for being loyal. If you're a new listener, thank you so much. You rock also. You guys are amazing. I, I couldn't do this without you. I love you so much. I am so thankful for you and thankful for your authentic points of view. I hope that something you hear, hear, here, 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 too many hears, here and here, uh, that you hear with your ears here, um helps you and either helps you see that you're not alone or helps you change your your point of view. So um keep up the good work whatever you're doing be kind um and know that you are loved and you are important thank you all you are amazing i will talk to you next wednesday bye thanks for listening to authentic points of view podcast i hope that something you heard today changes your point of view If you would like to share your views, please email me at AuthenticPointsofView at gmail.com or leave a comment on Facebook at Authentic Points of View Podcast. Remember, always be mindful of other people's journeys and have open ears and an open heart. listening to authentic points of view podcast. I hope that something you heard today changes your point of view. If you would like to share your views, please email me at authenticpointsofview at gmail.com or leave a comment on Facebook at authentic points of view podcast. Remember, always be mindful of other people's journeys and have open ears and an open heart.